worship is constantly happening, has been from the beginning. We just want to have a part in that. We pray, Lord, that you have looked in on this place and you were pleased with what you saw. Only you can see hearts. None of us here in this room can. God, we would pray that we would be people that are worshiping you as we go about our daily business. We know that you want our lives to be a living sacrifice to you. So we pray that that happens uh, in, in anything that we're doing. We pray this morning that as we look into your word, that you would change us. We pray that you would help us um, because we know that if we are not moving forward in our walk with you, we are, we are sliding backwards. And so we pray that you'd help us today to hear from your word. I pray for Pastor Matthew and her clarity of thought and, and passion as he brings your word to us today. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Good morning. What a sweet time of worship with you folks. It's, uh, do you guys ever do this where you just stop singing and just listen? It's awesome hear all the voices worshiping together. It's a great thing. Uh, an announcement, Lord's Supper. We're going to do Lord's Supper in May, May 12th. So in a couple months, we're going to bring it all back together. There will be mes a message designed for that Lord's Supper. We'll be doing baptisms at that Lord's Supper. And so as we're looking at the change that we've made where we're doing it every third, we've been doing that every third Sunday of every month, right, in the evenings. We are now bringing that to every service. And we're going to do it quarterly every third month and we are going to do it where the message is tied to us remembering our savior until he comes again amen and then we will tie that to in may there's gonna be baptisms here sunday morning may 12th it's exciting and so we're looking forward to those times and here's the reality all those years that we did it on that 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 evening service it was wonderful right but there was a lot of y'all that didn't come just gonna say but now all three services we're going to take the Lord's Supper together and remember him until he comes again. Amen? Okay, so that's, that's how we're going to look at that. There's an Arizona missions meeting today at 1 p.m. If you're going to Delaney Lake with us, uh, please be there at 1 p.m. Or, or you're not going. Okay, here we go. <laughs> this has been a journey to preach six verses. It really has been. If you'll turn to Luke chapter 23 with me. We have been looking at rejection from every angle and it's been a journey to get to this Sunday to have the privilege of preaching six verses to you all this morning you know what a journey is I looked up the definition it's an act of traveling from one place to another now now this involves time right a journey takes time it involves distance it involves energy it involves difficulties it involves the unexpected it involves interruptions and mistakes a journey involves looking forward and looking back, and today's passage involves all of those things. Today, six verses are meant to help us along our journey in a world system that rejects Jesus Christ as their creator. Today's journey is meant for us to consider that as the world rejects, those who draw near to Jesus are blessed. Amen? I'm going to mention some things throughout this sermon that you're going to say, I really wish he'd take time to explain some of those things uh, about the end times, and so I'm going to suggest you get this book. It's 101 Answers to End Times Questions, because I'm just going to preach, and I'm not going to stop on some of these points to explain it all. But if you have those questions, and at least 101 of them, this will be a great book for you. 
What trouble are you facing today? Something you didn't ask for? Somebody just said gravity. <laughs> you didn't know it was coming. But now in the midst of it, you're not sure how you're going to get through it. What sorrow has filled your heart? What are you dealing with this morning? Something you wish that could be undone. Frankly, uh, you can't see how it could ever work out for good. What consequences are you having to deal with? Your answers to those questions you, you can find as we're looking in the passages. Because some of us have come in with consequences for our actions. And we're not sure how we're going to ever have things whole again or made right again. The message this morning, these few verses that fall within our series, Rejection from Every Angle, brings light. Light for us this morning on our journey. God's word goes forth and does not come back without his desires being accomplished. Amen? He will do it. We go with his word, he'll give us the answers in the midst of our trials, our sorrows, our consequences. Because the Lamb of God not only knows you and your circumstances, he exists tomorrow and forever. And a journey needs to be able to look forward. Evaluate what's going on today, but it has to be able to look back too, to know where we're going. To know who to trust in the midst of all of those things. Will you please stand with me, and we're going to read our passage this morning. Luke chapter 23. If you can stand, if not, no worries. Luke chapter 23. In honor of God's word, we'll read this together. Verses 26 through 31. When they led him, that being Jesus, away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, coming in from the country, and placed on him the cross to carry behind Jesus. And following him was a large crowd of the people, and of a woman, and of women who were mourning and lamenting him. But Jesus, turning to them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, stop weeping for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Do you believe Jesus really said those things? He did. You may be seated. Now, by way of review, as we've been working through rejection from every angle, Judas has rejected and snared by Satan in this world system. Judas having an agenda. As he, as he walked with Christ, it all came out, and, and Pastor Justin did a wonderful, wonderful passage as he unfolded that for us he did a wonderful time with that message peter is denied it had been prophesied when peter was saying even if all of these fall away lord i will i will go to prison and to death with you peter simon peter had said those things in his pride and jesus had warned him tonight you're going to deny me that rejection was preached the religious gave Jesus a mock trial, everything illegal about what they did within their system. They've been condemned in their pride because when they 
took Jesus then to Pilate, and he took him to Herod. Then the government rejected him. As we've been moving our way through rejection from every angle, we see that this system, this world system, has been rejecting even those who said they cared and loved him, even in their sin. Rejected him. Missing the mark. And then uh, Pilate has him scourged at the Passover. The Lamb of God is scourged. And then he's about to be sacrificed. And that's where we land today in our text. Read with me your notes there on the front. Exodus chapter 12 tells the account of the night God passed over Israel in his judgment of Egypt. A satanically ensnared Pharaoh had placed God's people into slavery. Moses warned Pharaoh many times, with many consequences for not responding, that Pharaoh was to set God's people free. The last consequence to Pharaoh's pride was the death of every firstborn within Egypt. However, God passed over Israel if the family had put the blood of an unblemished lamb on their doorposts and lintel. God set his people free at that time, and God's people were to remember the Passover for every generation. It was at this time of the Passover that Simon of Cyrene had come to Jerusalem to celebrate, but instead was thrust into the Lamb's path. As we consider a couple things about Cyrene, it's about 800 miles from Jerusalem. Simon would have had to plan his journey carefully to be able to meet, to get there in time. It says he's coming in from the country. He's getting there in time to celebrate Passover. Cyrene uh, was located in northern Africa in eastern Libya. It's a Greek city. It's interesting. In 323 BC, 100,000 Judean Jews were forced to settle there by Ptolemy. And this, so this city became a, a center for Judaism. And so Jews would make this, this journey to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. Quite a ways, quite a journey coming into the country. Simon. Simon had traveled those 800 miles when 360 years prior, Jews being banished to a city would have been those who he was descended from. Now catch this. As you look at that map, Simon would have traveled through Egypt past Goshen where the exodus took place. He's literally traveling through Egypt to get to Jerusalem, where the exodus, where blood had been put on the posts of the doors so that God might pass over Israel. He's literally walking right through the area that Israel, or riding, or however he got there in his journey, that Israel would have passed through in the exodus. And he gets thrust into a trial he did not ask for. Let me read to you John chapter 19. If you want to listen, you can turn there if you'd like to or click there. Or, or, but let me read this to you for sake of time. Pilate then took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and put a purple robe on him. And they began to come up to him and say, Hail, King of the Jews! And to give him slaps in the face. Pilate came out again and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you so that you may know that I find no guilt in him. 
Now, isn't that interesting? I find no guilt in him. To be scourged, it would be cords of leather where pieces of metal and bone are wrapped and woven into it. So to be scourged, he's laid Jesus back open. And then he brings him out to the people and says, I find no guilt in him. Jesus then came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man! So when the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify! Crucify! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. And the Jews answered him, We have a law, and by that law he ought to die, because he has made himself out to be the Son of God. Cue the music. Bum, bum, bum. Therefore, when Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid, and he entered into the praetorium again and said to Jesus, where are you from? Now he wants to have a conversation. He's had him scourged, and now he wants to have a conversation. Where are you from? And Jesus gave no answer, and Pilate said to him, you do not speak to me? Well, yeah. Do you not know that I have the authority to release you and have authority to crucify you? And Jesus answered, you would have no authority over me unless it had been given to you from above. For this reason, he who delivered me to you has the greater sin. As a result of this, Pilate made efforts to release him, but the Jews cried out saying, if you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself out to be a king opposes Caesar. Therefore, when Pilate heard these words, he brought out, Jesus and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the pavement, but in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, behold your king. And they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? And the chief priests answered, we have no king but Caesar. And Pilate handed him over to be crucified. And this led to the tortured walk. At Passover, Jesus is bleeding. And the blood of the lamb, as they tried to set the beam on his back, he could not carry it. So the blood of the lamb went on a post. And Simon of Cyrene is pulled out of the crowd. You carry that. And if you don't, we'll kill you. He was thrust into a trial that he had come to celebrate and was thrust into a trial that had everything to do with the celebration that he was coming to celebrate. And what if he had not done it? Somebody else would have been pulled in. True? But out of billions of people who have existed in the past all the way to today, he had the privilege of doing what Jesus told his disciples they must do. Pick up the cross and follow me. This tortured walk was prophesied by Isaiah 53, 700 years prior. In Isaiah 53, 5, it says, but he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities and the chastening of our well-being fell upon him and by his scourging, we are healed. Simon takes on a trial as a terrorized visitor. 
but he meets his Savior. This man who carried Jesus' cross had come down the timeline to show up after traveling to make it in time for the Passover, but he was in time at the Passover to carry the very post of the Lamb of God. Simon does this, and it's, 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 it's in church history that he is saved, and his sons Rufus and Alexander are saved, and they take Christianity back to Cyrene because the fact is Cyrene becomes an early hub of Christianity because of these moments. As things are unfolding in a trial that there's no way that man wanted to be thrust into. But the outcome was blessing. God had sovereignly placed this Simon on Jesus' path to fulfill what the other Simon had promised to do, but did not. And it makes you wonder if they ever got together and compared notes about God's grace and mercy. You got thrust into a trial you never asked for, Simon. It was supposed to be me. I told him I'd do it. But I ran. Now, this journey involved distance and time and obstacles and sin. This journey, as Jesus is walking to the cross that he endured for us, sitting in this room today, and for all those who are listening, do you know that your timeline matters to God? What you're dealing with today, the trials that you're in that you did not ask for, that the closer you are to Jesus, the more you are blessed, even in the midst of circumstances you don't understand? It's real. Because Simon of Cyrene was thrust into a horrific circumstance that would prove to be an eternal blessing, and we are all blessed by that today in 2019. Because God did so love the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And the blood of the lamb really does wash us clean as we believe. And as Simon was following after Jesus, trudging under the weight of that trial, he was thrust into, there was a crowd following. And, and I'm going to tell you that John was a part of that crowd because John ends up at the foot of the cross. True? So out of all the disciples, John does make it to the foot of the cross. But for sake of what we're doing this morning, we're going to focus on who Jesus addressed in that crowd because then is brought up by Luke that there was women there mourning and weeping, lamenting over the fact that Jesus was being taken to be crucified. That's in our text. So there were tearful followers in the midst of that crowd, women of, Ju women of Judea, they were grieving. And remember, Jesus had already told his disciples, truly, truly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, he told his disciples, but then your sorrow will be turned to joy. And they had no idea at that time what he was talking about. But it's unfolding right here. This is what's unfolding when he told his disciples that. Now, amongst those women of Judea, there had to have been some of these women. Mary, Magdalene. Mary, his mother. And Mary's sister. Because they end up at the foot of the cross. And so they would have been a part of this procession that were weeping, these women that were weeping. And, and in the midst of that, they're, they're in the midst of sorrow over something that they can't even wrap their minds around. They're grieving, not knowing how all this turns out. Have you ever been there? 
Are you there this morning? Are you in great sorrow over something that you did not cause but happened? And it hurts you deeply. And you cannot see how this can actually turn out for good. I imagine his mother was feeling that. I imagine Mary Magdalene was feeling that. And all those other women that couldn't understand what was happening. But their grieving would be turned to joy soon because in three days Jesus rise from the dead. And we never want to miss this. Who gets to meet him first after he raises? As he rises, who's there to meet him? Who does he send back to his disciples to let them know that he rose? Mary. Do you know if you read through the four Gospels, and, and I'm not going to go beyond this statement in, in any way, it's, it's this. If you read the four Gospels, you will never find a woman who met Jesus reject him. Not once in all four Gospels. You find men, but women, when they come to know Jesus, when they see him, when they hear him, in the four Gospels, they don't reject they followed him to the cross. There was only one disciple that followed him to the cross. These women were grieving the rejection of Jesus, but were headed for great joy. For Jesus promises, and if Jesus promises, it's his very word, and it's always true. He had said, if you destroy this temple, I will raise it again in three days, and people mocked him for it. They even mocked him while he hung on the cross with that statement, and then he does it. Jesus had told them, you're going to have great joy. Jesus said, you're marveling at the architecture of that temple. Soon, there will not be one stone upon another. Soon. Destroy this temple, I'll raise it in three days. Oh, men, don't marvel at that temple. Soon. It will be destroyed. And it happened in 70 A.D., Rome's wrath is poured out on Jerusalem. And that's why Jesus gives this tender warning, because he knows it's coming. And in the midst of these women grieving, he gives a tender warning. God cares about your sorrow. He cares about every moment of your journey. And when you see him, you're going to have supernatural joy. He will take you there. He promises. But he also then, in the midst of that, in those promises, he's saying, but I warn you, be careful. As they were warning, Jesus turns and gives them this warning. Now remember, he had already said, is we're, we're going to reread our text from 28 forward. In, in, in Luke 13, he's already said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together. He says to these women, daughters of Jerusalem, stop weeping for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? 
in the midst of this rejection of the king of Israel, he was prophesying what was to become of this city that rejected him. Because if they're going to kill the life-giving tree, the one who brings life, what's going to happen to dry it up? Selfish, prideful religion. What do you think is going to happen to that? God's wrath will fall, he's saying to them, and the children that are existing today, your children today, in 33 years, Jesus was 33. In 33 years, in 66 AD, the Jews in Judea begin a revolt against Rome that lasts for four years. Weep for your children. Weep for those women who will be pregnant at that time. Weep because of your rebellion against me. That rebellious heart will take you against Rome. And Rome is going to come in and destroy everything. Because if they're doing this to me, what do you think they're going to do to that? What do you think the father is going to do as you're killing this tree? How's that going to play out for you? Now here's, as that unfolds, the, the rebellion against Rome, the Caesar at that time, this Paschian, was so fed up with the Jews and what they were doing that when they did finally breach the wall in four years, he tears the temple down. And there is not a stone left upon it. And all the records and all the genealogies and everything's destroyed. He begins to kill women in the streets. He's cutting them open. He crucified 500 people a day. His son Titus, upon his orders, went in and showed no mercy. None. Within 37 years... 33 years they were rebelling. Within 37 years, everything Jesus said about what was coming happened. Let me show you a coin. On that coin, it's a commemorative coin that was made after Jerusalem, after Judea fell. Vespasian is on one side, and I don't know if you can see it, but underneath that tree, there is a woman weeping with a Roman soldier standing over her with a spear. That's what he chose to put on the other side of the coin. That was in commemoration of what he did to them in 70 AD. Everything Jesus said, it all played out. Where's the joy in that, Matt? Let me tell you where the joy is in that. Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ? That he died for all your sins? Past, present, and future? That when he sets you free, you're free indeed? When he cried out, it is finished, he cried out it for you, personally? All of your unrighteousness cut from you and pasted to him on the cross, and all of his righteousness cut from, from him off the cross to you, and God says, finished, because I love, so loved the world that I gave my only begotten son, that whoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Here's the joy. Do you know that when the persecution after Jesus raising from the dead against Christians happened in Jerusalem, the dispersion happened. 
the Christians left because they believed Jesus' word? The Christians weren't there to experience the wrath that came. They didn't buy in to the rebellion that happened from the Jews against Rome. They did what Jesus said to do, and they didn't experience it. Now, here's the thing. Jesus wasn't talking just about 70 AD, was he? Because he also talks about another time throughout the four Gospels, another time when Israel's in rebellion against God, and another time when the Christians are snatched up and rescued from the wrath to come, and the tribulation begins. Israel comes to their senses. They, they begin to believe and Jesus shows up to rescue them. That's why I told you about that book. Well, this is the really the most important one. Read this, it will change your life. He just helps explain all those things as they unfold. It's coming. He promised it. It will happen, just as he said it will happen. And if you just watched the world, since 1948, Israel was a nation again. All those years, People didn't think this could happen. They doubted God's word. Israel's there. Have you noticed the world hates them? A revised Roman Empire will rise. It will look different, but it will be the same, and it will be vicious. It will make a peace treaty, and then it will break it. There will be a leader, the Antichrist, and he will do everything the Scripture says he will do. So what kind of people should we be? People who draw near to Jesus because as a world rejects, those who are close to Jesus will be blessed. Amen? Amidst the world's spiritual rejection and excruciating physical pain, Jesus took, takes time, but he took time then to comfort people and he takes time now to comfort people because there's many of us as we look around, we're looking at these things and saying, Lord, how's this all going to play out? He also loves to meet you in your consequences. He does that. All of those women that listened, all of that crowd that listened, everyone that heard his word and believed, meeting them in their consequences, rescuing them from their sin as he cried out and finished for them on the cross, and then they believed his word and got out of there. They didn't rebel against Rome as he told them not to. They were blessed. And yet, we all deserve wrath. So, so then the question is, how, how have you come in today? What is it that you're facing that the resurrected Christ cannot take you through? What trouble are you facing today? Something you didn't ask for or know was coming. But now you're in the midst of it and you must see it through. There's no getting out of the journey. You must stay close to Jesus. How have you come in today? What sorrow has filled your heart? Something that you wish could be undone. And frankly, you cannot see how it could ever work out for the good. The reality is, in these six verses we just looked at, it supplies, this all applies to your life. 
if you give your life to the life-giving one and you turn to him in the midst of these things, the sorrow that you don't understand how it can ever change, he will take you down your timeline and your sorrow will be turned to joy. It will happen. It's not a matter of if. All things are possible to those who believe. Because you're going to have joy when you see the resurrected Christ. What consequences are you dealing with today? Your actions have caused reactions. Simon of Cyrene took the place of Simon Peter, but God had a plan for them both. Simon took the gospel back to Cyrene, and that area becomes the center of Christianity. Simon Peter, soon, within days, will be preaching, and 3,000 people come to Christ. And he goes all the way down his timeline and becomes a pillar of the church, not feeling worthy to be crucified the same way as his Savior. So after he watches them execute his wife, he's crucified upside down for his faith. God had a plan for Simon and Simon, right? His resurrection power is what they both depended upon to walk this walk, this journey, what those women depended upon to walk this walk, this journey, that that crowd depended upon as they believed to walk this walk, this journey, and what we must depend upon to walk in this journey. While all the world rejects, those who draw near to Jesus are blessed. Do you believe that? Let's pray together. Father, awesome God, thank you for this morning and for each person here because each person, there's a soul that you created. You created us. We're made in your image. You created us for relationship. And I thank you that Jesus Christ, as he came, as he died for our sins and was buried and rose again in the power of the resurrection, we can live this life because of all that you've done for us, those things seen, those things unseen, every day, drawing close to our Savior. Joy is what we're after. We want it. But have it be about you and glorifying you. Because we all who believe in this room and who are listening and beyond here, every believer will be in resurrected, glorified bodies, and that starts today. Thank you, Father for your promises, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.